Most Divided Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the House Divided Podcast. Uh, Jeremy, I had a long weekend. How was your weekend? Uh, it was awesome. My team had a bye week. Uh, no football happened. So it was um, it was really pleasant. Uh, my entire fan base didn't continue to show their ass like a red baboon on Twitter. Um, yeah, it was fantastic, right? And then the NFL was off, which was really good. The Packers didn't beat my team again. And uh, Man City and Wolves didn't play because the Queen's dead. And that's so tragic and sad. So, uh, so yeah, it was fantastic. I did not have a uh, soul-crushing weekend. <laughs> well, I'm no, s- uh, I I'm... did not have a soul-crushing weekend, Brandon, because my overs hit on Vanderbilt and Kansas on September. Was... What was Saturday, the 18th? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that actually is incredible. I'm glad that you have that to distract you from your weekend of terrible sports results because I I kind of made fun of you a little bit about the Vanderbilt and Kansas overpicks. And yeah, you were right literally before the first I mean, month of the season was over. The Kansas one felt more sure because like they were obviously playing good. Vanderbilt was like, yeah, you beat Hawaii. And then you beat your FCS game, but it was like, I still got to find one game the rest of the way here. Uh, so that one was kind of the more shocking one. Uh, but Kansas, man, 3-0, and taking on Duke 3-0. and They're now officially football schools and not basketball schools. So big big weekend ahead for the uh, the football schools of Kansas and Duke. Yeah. Which is what I, we're here talking because, again, yeah. my team didn't play. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll spare you a little bit longer before you talk about this game because you can't outrun this game. Unlike those Washington wide receivers outrunning your defensive He's a pro backs. gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this weekend I had a lions game lined up and I thought it was sick. Cause you know, I did the Hawaii game the weekend before and then the lions game. And then I thought I had a concert lined up for this upcoming Sunday. Well, folks, turns out I'm a bad planner and that I bought tickets for a lions game after fi- after having tickets to a concert, not in the same city. That would have made it real easy if it was also in Detroit. Uh, but no, it was in Flint at the machine shop. Uh, doors were at six. We did not know what time bands were going on. And the band that me and my brother were there for was going up first. <laughs> and well, so uh, it was off, a nerve-wracking afternoon. Let me jump in before people throw any shade at you on just the venue choice and city alone. If you can see a show anywhere, it's the machine shop. I mean, the machine for the shop type is of music great. that you and I love, yes. the machine shop's where you need to be. The machine There's shop is a quality venue. It. That's it's correct. Maybe, you can maybe, I'll maybe allow the magic stick back when that was around. I don't even know if that's still open. But. It is. I uh, saw a show there within the last year. It rips. Okay. So, machine shop better though. But, and oh, Jeremy... No, Jeremy, I live 10 minutes away from the machine shop. So that that significantly helps the evening. Um, so anyways, uh, Detroit to Flint's about an hour commute without game day traffic. Uh, game's going to end at four. We'll see what happens. Lions went, oh, and by the way, we started tailgating for the Lions game at like 8 a.m. So this was a long day. Uh, got it in though. Shout out to us because we, we had a good time. Lions whooped the commander's ass. Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks. Shout out to that guy. Uh, and we made it into, we were walking into the venue as like the base started to kind of like slowly turn on, like they were about to come on. And so it was like 15 seconds later they started playing. So we, oh, we made it just in time. It was really even, a perfect Sunday. You didn't even have to kick it through the like kick drum, the boom, 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 oh, for, like five yeah. minutes. Like you, you timed it nice. Like everyone, yeah. again, everyone who listens at least to our type of music knows like the, the oh, rhythms yeah, the, of the rhythms of the rhythms of a show. Stage. Yes. And uh yeah, that's perfectly timed, man. Perfectly yeah. timed. If you can I, get there I, when extremely he's, lucky. When some guitar tech is walking out the bass a little bit, that's just perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, extremely lucky. Um, you, sir, are less lucky because you're about to have to talk about your team in a uh, crushing road defeat to Washington. Um, this one, the final score, I don't think really indicates how bad this one was for Michigan State. 39-28 is what they lose by, but this one was 29-8 to at halftime. Um, did I say 39-8 to or 28? I, I said, said right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I just, okay. But yeah, it, it wasn't a great showing. And I think most concerning, but I'll let you get into all of this, obviously, but just from my perspective is probably the fact that your offensive line and your secondary were the things you were worried about and looking at going into this test. And it just, those were the, those were the big problem points and, yeah. and it's how do you fix that over the course of a season? And so, I don't know, I'll let you go off though. I will say, I'm glad we, you know, I think, I think pretty soon here, we're going to try and get on our, our two day a week schedule. I'm glad we did not do it Sunday because as I have settled in, I think I have found more, more accurate and more, less hot take, hot reaction to a loss uh feelings about this game like there's no sugarcoating it that secondary was god awful and that was the whole storyline of the first half even though you know the offense ran I think six plays before we were down 16 nothing in part because of that horrendous (laughs) offensive line not blocking anyone for the run game to get going um but even before that like the secondary was the story like the first drive was a hot knife through butter there is no resistance at all. Um, second drive, third drive, like they were just rolling. But I will say, um, upon reflection, that I have more hope. And it's also just the fact that it's September versus last season, November, you know, when the secondary fell apart, that this is fixable in season. Um, because I, as diving into it, looked back and Chester Kimbrough just got absolutely torched on Saturday, the transfer from Florida, who also got torched last season um, and really is designed to only be the nickel cover guy, but uh, will probably have been replaced by Darius Snow at some point in this game if Darius Snow could play. Um, He's in there, and they absolutely pick on him the entire first half. Uh, He didn't really play the second half in Washington's offense, which you could also argue didn't have to – I mean, they had a comfortable lead. They didn't have to do everything the same, but I see no reason that they had to go away from it. Was not nearly as productive. Um, I mean, Michael Penick still missed some open throws that really probably could have made the score worse. But at the same time, I feel like there were some corrections that seemed to pay off right away. Uh, I don't think you're going to see Chester Kimbrough in game action. Um unless we have even more injuries. I think that in Mel Tucker's press conference where he said they had a personnel mismatch and they used it was a very, very thinly veiled. They picked on Chester Kimbrough (laughs) and we will not repeat that. Um, He even said so in his follow-up press conference during the week that there will be secondary changes and it wasn't about coaching. (laughs) It was about players. Um, There will be personnel changes. So uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you, you have to kind of look and say like, okay, feel good that the second half went better um so that seems fixable what I walk away from is I wasn't really aware that Washington's defensive line was supposed to be something scary and that run blocking was horrendous um I had a lot of people on Twitter like blaming Jalen Berger and Jarek Broussard because I guess they're not Kenneth Walker which we all knew but uh even on the safety we're Jarek Rosari gets tackled in the in the end zone. JD Dupuy absolutely gets pushed back into him. Like, I think JD was either that play or a separate play, because um, there was also one where Matt Carrick absolutely gets pushed back into the running back. Like, they were getting blown up all night. Uh, they pass block perfectly fine. Had great grades there, um, but the run game non-existent. So, and that's something that I feel like in Big Ten play we're gonna need. Uh, I don't think Peyton Thorne, especially as you get late into the season with bad weather conditions, can replicate this performance. Yeah, Peyton and- Thorne, who started 11 of 11 
and it's completely yeah. glossed over how it, it, yes he he did a comeback in the second half when we had to throw the ball but in the first half he was on fire too so i i was gonna say a performance he had i, I knew the 11 for 11 stat um <laughs> 323 yards three touchdowns and a, a pick that is on 42 throws but that's still i i mean that's still good numbers and uh without yeah. his number one receiver which i mean Correct. that is probably the one position we can lose uh, that's another thing that yeah, keon coleman looked over. excellent yeah and we we mentioned on our show last week that i assumed Jaden reed was going to play um i don't think it makes a difference like i want to be crystal clear like the numbers that keon coleman Trey mosley and daniel barker put up clearly show that i don't think Jaden reed being there changes the fact that the offensive line can't run block or changes the fact that the secondary was completely Swiss cheese. Um, but, you know, he, he goes into a game without his number one wide receiver, struggling the first two games, and then lights it up the third game. So that was reassuring, um, because uh, if this offensive line doesn't improve, um, it, it, there's a lot more pressure on on Peyton Thorne. So it was good to see against the best competition we faced, he had his best game. Yeah. Yeah, that is absolutely something to take forward. I, I just really, really worry if I'm a Michigan State fan about the run game. Uh, it, yeah. Offensively, I, I just – this was a lot of it, – it's not like this performance came out of nowhere, right? A lot of people were fearful. Like, hey, what, is last year replicable? Because you had one of the best players at any position in the country running the ball for you. And how many freaking broken tackles did that dude have? It was insane. So, you know, it's your leading rushers, Jalen Berger, uh, the Wisconsin transfer for 13 carries for 27 yards. And let's be honest, too. That's only because of the stupid NCAA tracking of rushing. Peyton Thorne actually is the leading rusher. Oh, um, Jesus. If you, if you throw out If sack, you take yeah, out sacks, yeah. If you take out sacks, I think he had something like 36 or 40-something yards. So, really, Peyton Thorne's your leading rusher um yeah it's, and that, just, and it's just the ncaa doing their dumb their dumb stat yeah. keeping which will always annoy me but yeah i mean it, to your point like your best running back was 13 carries for like 27 yards and you say wow two yards a carry that's brutal jared Prusard, i think was six rushes for four yards so it gets even worse like it's just yeah yeah, yeah. it and it sucks because it really is hard to establish a rhythm now i think Honestly, your offense has helped out a little bit from having to play from behind because, you know, that second half performance was really, really good um, it, when they were throwing the ball consistently. It's just about how replicable that is. And I, I don't know, man, in, in the secondary, obviously, that just is what it is at this point. I But it would worry me. I mean, the teams that you're competing with in this division uh, – CJ Stroud can toss a football and they have a pretty good wide receiver room out down there. And uh, probably Michigan state's biggest game of the year. The Wolverines got a guy who can toss the ball and they've got some receivers who can run. So it's, uh, it's a big concern, especially with that one being on the road. I don't know. It was nice to see (laughs) like on my side, but I don't know. Part of me, like I, I really feel good about this Michigan team and we'll touch on this later because uh, we're not going to recap the fucking UConn game. Uh, <laughs> we played the wrong Huskies. Yeah, you guys sure did. Uh, <laughs> there are no right Huskies in this scenario because my goodness, UConn. Uh, anyways, not to derail myself here, but like, I don't know. I'd like to see Michigan win one when Michigan State's good and I feel like I don't get a lot of that I feel like I get a lot of like when Michigan State's good they win the game and Michigan needs to be them in a down year and not that I'm counting on Michigan winning this game or saying that Michigan State's in a down year but this is just not super encouraging of a performance yeah, it sets up for a big week this week right like I mean huge yeah because I think you look at it you come out and say okay so Michigan and Ohio State are the two games left that you're definitely you're definitely saying we're underdogs and we're we're pretty steep underdogs. Like I would probably imagine both of those games are going to be ten plus point underdogs if you set the line today. I would um, agree with that. You know, obviously those could move based on those teams' performances and MSU looking better, but you got to say ten points each on on each of those lines. 
But overall, for the rest of MSU, like I still say, like I mean, yes, Maryland scares you a little bit because Talia Tagovailoa can throw the ball everywhere. But even against our terrible secondary last year, he missed tons of throws. He threw picks. Like we still won that game pretty. And you should be able to score with them. Yeah. Is the, is the so, important part. So there. you look at it and say so two losses. So you add it up to three, but then you have Maryland, Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana. You still got to say those feel like pretty good likelihood of uh, of wins. So there's four wins. So you get you get bowl eligible. There's your six. Um, and then the swing games are going to be Penn State, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. And so the first swing game is this weekend. And I still think that Wisconsin is kind of fraudulent. They're kind of like Michigan in my mind. Of I have no idea how to read that schedule that they've played. Yeah, um, a, a little bit worse than them, Michigan because they they lost. Uh, <laughs> right. it's you know they they lost washington state and, and they beat up illinois state and new mexico state so we know nothing about wisconsin so no. so i mean i still say like the season probably comes to about what most of us would have said in may or june like a seven five eight and four is very possible and very likely um i honestly don't know what happened in july and august because all of a sudden msu twitter took the washington game as an auto win it was very weird, uh, but I don't want to get on my MSU Twitter soapbox. I complain about them every week because it's my favorite thing to do. I'm online, but <laughs> well, you're no, too positive for you're too positive for the Twitter sports community because I'm not even going to act that. like MSU. Well, uh, they, they they lose their fucking is. minds at the so first does, sign of adversity. So it's, does fucking every fan base online, I Jeremy. It. I don't it's, get it. It's they need, uh, a, they need it's to play people. more sports growing up. It's That's a people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a people problem, not an MSU problem. Um, because I don't know if you remember the last six years of Michigan Twitter before uh, they won the Big Ten championship, or even literally the Penn State game last year. I think they went down seventeen fourteen late, and it was like the season was over. Um, and you know, whatever. Let's. Uh, do we have anything else on Michigan State? I, I know it sucks. We we don't have super exciting stuff to talk about in this game. Um, we'll talk about the Minnesota game upcoming in our pick segment. No, I think I think the final thing is like the score is deceiving, but at the same time, with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, they're at midfield and driving with a chance to make it a one possession game. And yes, you need an onside kick and then the score again, but. but like this game got like kind of spicy where it's like this is gonna this could be fun. Like if they would have got it to 39, 35, and you're like, ooh, like you know what the rest of Twitter yeah. is like, hey, flip it on, maybe they're gonna blow this, meaning Washington. Yeah, it was really close to that. It really was. Um, but you know, don't they don't finish it, don't make it happen. But uh yeah, I don't know. It's I came out of it really pissed off at the time, settled down over the week, and then I've kind of settled into like I don't really know how to read it. It was a road game against Washington this week against Minnesota, a team who's put up a ton of points, but again, played no one Open and it. has done it mostly on the ground. This is the week that could tell me something because if this team comes in with a semi-competent Tanner Morgan, but mainly relying on the ground game, if they can beat us up this week, then I'm really worried. Like then I toss out Wisconsin and Penn state and I'm like, okay, we need to get to six and six. Um, yeah, and I don't think MSU is quite there. When I say a down year, I'm holding you to those that that ten million dollar a year standard now. Um, so like I was like seven and five. I I don't know. It's too early to tell. These lots of early season stupidity happens in college football, and uh, this loss doesn't need to be indicative of Michigan State season. Just uh, just could be, but that's the fun of college sports. We we don't know. We'll find out later. Uh, let's kind of dig into the upcoming week slate, Jeremy. I think it's a pretty good one, to be honest with you. Um, we've got a Thursday night game, which is kind of fun, like Thursday night. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you need some Thursday night college football to get your fix. Uh, <laughs> we got West Virginia at Virginia Tech, and I, I would not have ever picked this game for this segment if it was on Saturday, but because it's a prime time, I figured we should give it a shout out. Um, West Virginia is a one and a half point road favorite at Virginia Tech. I don't trust the Hokies. They lost to Old Dominion week one. Uh, West Virginia has played Pitt and Kansas, two 
you know, pretty good teams. So those losses, I don't think have to be indicative of them being very bad. I'm going to take, uh, take the Mountaineers. Yeah. Kind of a sneaky, uh, a little bit of anxiety game for on one side, being the West Virginia side. Like I think it wasn't for, I'm pretty sure a ridiculous buyout <laughs> that Neil Brown has, um, I'd say he's uh, on a pretty warm, warm seat. Um, so feels like a must-win game for West Virginia. Virginia Tech, year one of a new coach, Brent Pry, not playing the best. And I think looking like a much longer rebuild than maybe people expected. Um, I'll take West Virginia just because they need it. <laughs> they need it bad, and they're not in the one-year, first-year cushion. So um, I, I think they'll, they'll come out with a win. Yep. All right. Michigan gets to play a top 50 team in the country. (laughs) Well, actually, uh, they get to play a top 100 team in the country for the first time this year. I'll use this to kind of make my point about about Michigan. Um, There's no need to break down the UConn game. A lot has been made, rightfully so online about their non-conference schedule being terrible and how can we claim that Michigan is good I don't buy the how can we claim Michigan is good part of that but obviously it's not disputable that their their schedule is terrible but here's the thing I've seen mediocre and pretty good Michigan teams play bad non-conference schedules And I've seen really good to elite Michigan teams play these types of schedules. And from my point of view, this one looked a lot more like the latter. And I I say that, and, and I'm being serious though. Like I was watching highlights the other day of 2019 Michigan. So that's a nine and three team that had big wins over uh notre dame and and blew out msu like that was not a that was a decent team and i watched their game against middle tennessee state where they they win 44 to 14 and just it was such a struggle just watching them try and get their way down the field and it was 44 to 14 so at the time i'm sure i walked away being like oh it wasn't clean but it it was what it, it they still blew them out And that's not what any of these games were. And I know that these teams are all really, really bad. But Michigan made it look easy on both sides of the ball. And that feels like it's a well-coached team when they're doing that. They looked focused. And they absolutely have the skill to be an elite offense and to challenge people on defense so i'm not gonna go out here and say like michigan's for sure a playoff type team but they're a contender and i i think the floor is 10 wins in the regular season with this team so we'll see yeah i would say like on the outside looking in um even when michigan has been like their seven and five teams under hardball when they get a overmatched non-conference team like under Harbaugh they don't mess around they like have eviscerated everybody except for maybe the last time you played UConn that was even Brady that was yeah that was prior to Harbaugh Harbaugh. but like I said it's it's so much for me just about the way they did it right because like I referenced a 44 to 14 win over middle Tennessee State and like that looks similar to a 51 to 3 win over Colorado State like at at first glance and but like just the way that the games were happening. I'll give you one thing. It kind of looked like that in the first half of the Colorado state game, which was when Cade was a starter. And that, that just feels different with JJ. So that being said, uh, Michigan still isn't going to get tested super bad. Obviously they're a 17 point home favorite against Maryland, but Maryland does have, what is supposed to be a pretty good offense. So I'm excited to see how the defense can respond uh, because Maryland can throw the ball. Uh, But on defense, they're a sieve and Michigan should probably put up its fourth 50 burger in a row to start the season um, based on, based on who they're playing. That's just not a good defense. I think this one's going to be 
I think worse than Vegas has it. I, I really think this could be a 25 ish like point victory, 25, 30. I, I don't trust Maryland. Yeah. They didn't play anybody even remotely. Okay. Week one or two week three, they play SMU last week and their offense doesn't look as good as maybe it should have. They win by a touchdown, but it just wasn't done in convincing fashion. I don't trust them. I think Maryland or Michigan rather is going to win this one going away, uh, which is a shame. I'd love to see him face some adversity, but yeah, it feels like one where if Maryland doesn't come out and get like a couple of touchdown drives in the first couple times they have the ball, it just becomes some like laughing stock where like you turn on the third quarter, you're like, oh, it's 35 to three Michigan. <laughs> like, and then yeah. maybe Maryland gets some like, you know, trash points at the end, but like Michigan's not going to have too many empty drives in the first half. So if Maryland, if you're not ready to match it, like you're not going to cover this game pretty easily. Um, I mean, 17 didn't really struggle to pick Michigan on that. I, I think that seems right. And fair. I think part of that line is possibly because of Michigan's non-conference schedule. And I don't think Vegas knows to trust them, which I do think says a lot. Um, well, speaking of SMU, uh, they are hosting TCU this weekend. And I actually think this is going to be a pretty – I love when the group of five teams host a power five team, especially an in-state deal like this. Uh, I think that place is going to have the juice. Oh, I think – Well, it's the, it's the iron skillet rivalry game. And oh, it is okay. sold out. Yeah, so, I see. I knew it was sold out. So, like, I, yeah. I think that place in SMU has got a pretty cool offense. I think that they're going to get points early. The crowd's going to get on top of it, and uh, I think they'll, I think they'll win. So, yeah. uh, and, <laughs> and uh, Jeremy uh, has just changed his pick to SMU. I'm a convincing man, folks. You are. I. You know what? Because you know, as I sat there and thought about it, I was like, I know I took MSMU last week against Maryland and took them straight up. And they were ahead in the second half in that game. Um, yeah, Maryland oh, that was, was a close. game. Maryland closed the game much better, which says a lot because Maryland in the past, that's a game that Maryland does not close. So I think that maybe um, kind of put some holes in my opinion of Maryland there where, you know, my typical feeling on them is that they're never as good as anyone ever says they are. They're nothing more than like a five-win team. But, yeah, maybe they're better than I'm giving them credit for. Um, and uh, And – you know, because they did a good job closing out that SMU game, but TCU hasn't been going great under a first-year coach um, and uh, still going better than it was at the end of the Gary Patterson era, but that's not hard. Um, I'll, I'll take SMU. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. They're the home team, uh, rivalry game. They get the Power 5 team coming to them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, And I'm always kind of like a I mean, they're a team built on giving guys cars and cocaine in the 80s. So I'm always like a closet uh, Pony Express guy. Let's oh, yeah. go. Yeah, let's let's go. I, listen, I and, can. Please give me more crowd shots of frat dudes from oil baron dads and white button up shirts just clearly coked out of their brains yelling at refs. Because that's all I need from an SMU game. So I, let's, let's make it happen. Oh, man. Speaking of cocaine and bribing recruits, um, I just wanted to bring up Rick Patino real quick again, uh, just because we haven't. We've been back for like a month, and it's I thought you were going to make an even better segue based off of our next game because speaking of cocaine, churches, and bribing recruits, Davos oh, Jesus I'm ashamed of myself. See, that's we're, we're working on it, but I'm glad you <laughs> caught it at least. Uh, great transition, Jeremy. Shout out to him. Uh, yeah, Clemson at Wake Forest. Uh, Clemson's a seven-point road favorite. And I initially had this pick as Wake Forest because I do like what they're doing. They've got Sam Hartman back. I, I think they probably could keep this within one touchdown. But here's the thing. Davo's going to be trying extra hard because uh, he thinks that they're Woke Forest. And you just, he just can't have that. So purely on that vibe alone, I'm going Clemson. Oh, well, here's the thing, Brendan, and a great chance to not really segue, but make a plug because we're professionals. Reminder that the picks that Brendan and I make are a part of a picks contest for a season long 
game. We should probably bring um, that up at the beginning of the segment. No, but it's perfect that we do it now because the winner of that picks contest, Brendan, gets a nice home field tee. Oh, and they just dropped a sick Wake Forest line. It is home field magic this week. Wake Forest, seven pieces coming out tomorrow, 10 a.m. home field. Oh, did, I must have um, just saw one shirt then. They did tweet out one shirt because they have not revealed the whole collection until 10 a.m. tomorrow. It's going to rip. It's going to rip 100%. They have a sick logo to begin with. There's a very good chance, as I wear my Iowa State home field apparel shirt, that I do pull the trigger on a Wake Forest home field shirt. I have not bought myself a nice home field shirt in a while. I'm going to ride with the home field magic, not only saying Wake Forest cover seven, because I think they can do that. Give me Wake Forest to win. Sam Hartman battled back from an injury. I, I hope Wake so, Wake Forest, man. straight up. This Clemson team, I can't say that I really sat down and watched them hard, but, like, everything I hear is just that DJ um, – I, I hate to rip people's last names, so I won't even try. So DJ U um, is still just – a quarterback with like a low floor, like a, a high floor but low ceiling. And I, to me, like the Wake Forest, this is like a chance to beat Clemson that is now a good Clemson, not quite bad like last year. And this is your chance to beat them at home, get a central win, home field magic. I'm going to ride with our uh, not sponsor, but we desperately love them, home field apparel. Yeah. I'm going to ride yeah. with them. That's not a not a bad pick, and, and like I said, I was leaning that way until I changed it for the bit. But uh, like, really though, I hate to bring up playoff implications in Week Four, but you do know that a Clemson loss here gets us one step further to what I imagine is your personal hellscape of an Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan playoff. Um, and. <laughs> Sir, this is USC slander. Buddy, buddy, I don't trust them for even a second. Uh, Sir, you overlook. I was trying to name a G5 team who has a shot. I don't. You overlook Kansas football at your own peril, you son of a bitch. They're three and a half. (laughs) Oh, the Jayhawks in the playoff. That would be sick. Uh, That would be unbelievable. Um, That has to be like Leicester City. Like, that's Leicester City numbers there. (laughs) <laughs> oh probably worse odds um one th- more thing on this game your reference to clemson's quarterback is dju i only recognize dju as the arizona state university um they produce so many djs uh anyways moving i'm going to tell you they lost the title to grand canyon university because the mdma at grand canyon is fantastic <laughs> Shout out to Arizona State for losing to Eastern Michigan at 2.30 in the morning and having Herm Edwards getting fired on the field. Can we also say, you know that that's not the latest game. Did you realize, did you did you hear the news on the Iowa game when that finished? Mm-mm. The Iowa-Nevada game, which had a long, like we're talking Michigan versus Utah in that like bad, I think it was a bad Harbaugh year maybe. No, it was last year a Hoke. Right, Utah was just the first game under Harbaugh, but that was that year. Correct. Okay. Um, That, like, bad Hoke year, and they have a long lightning delay. Everyone has to leave for, like, a long time and come back. The Nevada-Iowa game, which I believe kicked at 3.30, if I remember correctly. I can't remember if it's 3.30 or noon. Finished. No, no, 3.30 in the afternoon, like noon. Yeah, 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 yeah. It finished at 3 a.m. Eastern. And there were fans there. Well, of course there were. What the fuck else were they going to be doing in fucking Iowa City? There was great. They left the doors open. There was a great picture of a guy who was out walking his dog on campus and decided to just walk into the stadium with his dog and watch a little bit of, I think they're only in like the third quarter when they came back. Brendan, were I a 20-something man who would have been sober and not passed out, I would have had to stay up till 3 a.m. just to say I did to watch Iowa football. Yeah, there is no way that you could get me to stay up for three to 3 a.m. Although uh, they did announce that that game is big noon Saturday uh, for Michigan at Iowa. So we get, we get an 11 a.m. local game. start. Oh, baby. Um, I, I'll take it because uh, I assume that game would be at night like all summer. So uh, Thank now, God for Iowa sucking, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa definitely sucks. So Michigan needs to win. Uh, we'll get to that next week. Uh, <laughs> time to get to some. It just means more. Uh, we've got Florida at Tennessee, and I think this one's really interesting, actually, because Tennessee, I don't think, has proved themselves really, but they're a ten and a half point favorite at home rivalry game i'm taking the gators i know they just lost to kentucky but i don't think that's a big deal because i think Kentucky's pretty good <laughs> i think that's a pretty good football team and i refuse to trust the volunteers until i see it so and michigan <laughs> beat them in the round of 32 in the college basketball tournament of 2022 and i'm never gonna let those dumbasses forget it oh boy well so here's the thing about florida i the, the kentucky loss you are correct not a big deal i think kentucky is a legit program that actually like they're they're doing pretty well so and they're they're a top 10 team deserving um that's not the concerning one it's the start of a concern yes they won last week oh god the usf florida. game yeah they were looking ahead to tennessee though uh did you happen to know anthony richardson's stat line sir Nope, don't care. I'm not changing my pick. 10 of 18, 112 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Brutal. They were too busy game planning for Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee, meanwhile, goes on the road, beats Pat Narduzzi, who would have won. He would have won had Kenny Pickett had another year of eligibility. He wants you to know he would have won had Kenny Pickett been playing. But they go on the road, win at Pitt. I bet the under on Tennessee for the season, and that's the one I feel the shakiest on because they're kind of proving themselves to me, even though they haven't had the toughest schedule. I think they take it to Florida. Florida looks really shaky. That week one game for Florida going out, uh, you know, beating a pretty good Utah team, I think, and Anthony Richardson being a star that week shot them up to like, oh, this team is like top 25. This is a legit team. We all need to watch Florida. They're not. They're just not there yet. This is year one of a coach. Long way to go. Um, give me Tennessee, man. And it's a lot I of feel points. Shaky. It is a lot of points, and I feel shaky because Tennessee, even when Florida is down, seems to dick trip over this game every time. But I think Tennessee finally has a legit coach that I trust, and uh, I'll, I'll take them and, you know, play Rocky Top on my trombone or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. I just don't like those guys. I'm glad you brought Pat Narduzzi up. I just wish that Michigan State would have hired that guy. I really, so really miserable. wish he was the head so coach right now. They would have never climbed out of the basement that Tucker got you guys out of. At least now we can, like, joke because he earned himself a $10 million contract. And so, like, I can joke that 7 and 5 is completely unacceptable. But, like, legitimately – I think if you guys hire Pat Narduzzi, seven and five this year would be looked at as a victory. <laughs> Hilarious. Good transition, though, because we are about to talk Michigan State again. Uh, we've got Minnesota, a three-point road favorite in Spartan Stadium. This feels like an overreaction to me. <laughs> um, I don't trust Minnesota at all. They didn't play anybody. Um they are pretty famous for choking against quality teams. I think Michigan State, despite their flaws, and they are real flaws, is a quality team. I just can't see them losing this game at home. So, I mean, I, I'll take, I'll be taking the Michigan State money line on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, played Illinois. Let me see here. Is it Western Illinois? So, played Colorado last week, one of the worst Power 5 teams in their nation. One of the worst teams in the nation power five or g5 49 to 7 maybe western illinois 62 to 10 and new mexico state 38 to nothing brendan if people cared about minnesota football the way they care about michigan football we'd be talking about how they had the worst schedule because this is horseshit it is brutal out of conference schedule so i don't think you can glean anything too much about how they're going to match up against a team like michigan state or penn state or 
any of the no. good opponents they play wisconsin i maybe not what i what i will say is at they, least they, they are try gonna destroy, they're gonna destroy Rutgers. they're gonna destroy northwestern they're gonna beat the bad teams in this league like i i absolutely and they play so in they the big 10 big, west so like that they're means they're like eight and four at minimum <laughs> right so i'm i i originally had the gophers down because i was pretty down on my team uh i've talked myself back into msu uh i mean Anything you don't even have to win the game to have a shot at covering this. So uh, I'll I'll talk talk myself back in MSU. I think they have a bounce back game in them. Um, I think it's a bounce back game. And also, if we were playing, say Ohio, like I mean, obviously Ohio State's good, but even like a team like Purdue that runs a similar offense to Washington, where they just throw these quick passes, I would one hundred percent be marking this a loss. But the way that this team can get right is to come play Minnesota, who has thrown the ball 68 times in three games. Like, they are going to run the ball. Mo Ibrahim is their offense for all intents and purposes. I think it helps them get right. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything is fixed for MSU to win this game, but it's a quality win. They get at home, bounce back. Um, And big news for Minnesota, the number one threat out of that passing offense out for the season, injured last week, Chris Ottman Bell. Um, I did see who that. Had, who had 11 of those 50, 11 catches uh, on the season, 214 yards, a touchdown. He was by far their most, you know, scary receiving threat. Um, catching 11 of Tanner Morgan's 38 completions. So, <laughs> what, I, what yeah. I will say to defend our friends over at, uh, at the Golden Gophers, um, they have not been put in a position where they really need to throw the ball a lot. So that could be playing into that mix of uh, Brendan, play calling. And, but what I, and. And Taylor they, Morgan is 44. So you got to Morgan is shoulder. 44. That's true. But, but in reality, I will say that is an experienced quarterback to play in a road environment. Sure. They haven't had to show much on film, whereas Michigan state had to be pretty aggressive last week. Uh, there are things in play where this makes sense for Minnesota, but to me, I just, it's a big 10 West team. That's kind of vying for that second or third spot in that division uh, against a big 10 East team. That's pretty firmly, I think fourth in that division. And like, if you just line it up for me like that, if you did like the blind test and just told it to me like mm-hmm. that, I'm taking the big 10 East team at home every day of the week. And, and, and I, I do think Michigan state wins this game. They have been good in bounce back games under Mel Tucker. Um, I, I think, and you got to get your wins while you can get them because this, this upcoming schedule of October is brutal. So sure. yeah, g- give me the Spartans. Yeah. Okay. So Texas at Texas Tech. Texas, lots of road favorites this week, is what I'll say. Uh, they're a six and a half point favorite on the road. Texas Tech, I think, was maybe hoping that'd be a little closer after their win over, big win over Houston. But I think we may see Houston is not as good as people thought. So where do you go here? I really wanted to pick Texas Tech. Speaking of crazy environments in the state of Texas, uh, like with SMU earlier, this is going to be another one. Those people are going to be going insane, especially if they have any reason to get on top of Texas early. But I just can't see them covering this. Uh, I think the Longhorns will win by like two touchdowns. So, Yeah, I think uh... – if you asked me at halftime last week when it was a 17-17 game with UTSA, I'd say Texas Tech has a great shot at not only covering this but winning. Um, but I think that the Alabama Hanover uh, scare of losing the UTSA last week woke Texas up. And they're, I think the Alabama game showed me, like, this is a pretty legit team. I think they're going to be a pretty legit, um, you know, contender for the Big 12 this year. Um, I think they – uh, they're going to push Baylor in that conference and Kansas, who is the king of the conference, as as I've said, uh, forever. And uh, yeah, but no, I, I like Texas. In the, this one's probably one of the hardest ones for me to pick. This was like a toss up the most out of like what you put on here. This was probably the one I struggled with the most um, because six and a half on the road is just a lot of points. But they, after being 17-17 with UTSA, just to 
went to work and just pasted them the second half. I think they got right. Um, and that Alabama game is still really damn impressive. Um, so I'll, I'll take Texas, but I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, I know. I never like taking Texas. <laughs> I, I just, I just plain don't like those guys. Um, I'm really disappointed about this next one. So Indiana pulled another game out of their ass and I have a lot of Indiana fan fan friends and they deserve it that I've seen them lose so many games on total bullshit that they deserve every single win they get off of total bullshit. But man, they got lucky against Western Kentucky and they're three and oh going to play Mm -hmm. Cincinnati as a 16 and a half point road dog uh, and I think Cincinnati is going to cover this. I think all the luck that Indiana got in winning against Illinois and Western Kentucky is going to go the opposite way. And I think Cincinnati is just going to dominate this game start to finish. Yeah. Speaking of uh, first half scores of 17-17, like they were last week, Cincinnati-Miami, I actually watched a little bit of it, the Miami-Ohio game, just because it was 17-17 close to the end of the first half. Uh, Cincinnati gets a late drive scores and then just like we talked about with Texas they just come out and they handle business in the second half end up winning 38-17 Indiana spoiled by upset winning bet of the week of putting some money on the Western Kentucky money line Um, and for everyone that listens to this show Western Kentucky is taking a step back from that team last year that put all those points on Michigan State still a good team still a great air raid offense but they lost their offensive coordinator and Bailey Zappi, the quarterback off that team last year. So um, not as good of a Western Kentucky team as the team that put a little bit of a scale no. into Michigan state last year. And they absolutely deserve to win that game over Indiana, Indiana, just like you said, pulled a game out of their ass again. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati, uh, they've had a pretty good schedule. I mean, you know, they lose that week one game to Arkansas. I think the Miami of Ohio game, you know, was again still the hangover from that loss to Arkansas because in between they pasted Kennesaw State. Um, I think they'll just there's another chance to play a P5 team. Uh, they lost their one chance earlier against Arkansas, last chance to do it up until bowl season. I, I just think they take it to Indiana, and Indiana has to be like the worst three and O team in the country. Uh, there's no way that this team should be three and O. They have no right to be three and O. Duke is like pasted teams though. They haven't had to do. Yeah, but that's Northwestern. I don't, I don't. Yeah, that, no, that's true. Indiana's worse. Indiana got lucky to beat Illinois week one. Very lucky. Yes. To beat Illinois week one. No, that's what I was. They were in a game with Idaho. In a game with Idaho and then (laughs) should have lost to Washington Kentucky. This team should be one and two. They should have yeah. lost to Illinois. They should have lost to Western Kentucky. By far the worst three in our team. In and country. I and I do um, say that as a frustrated Indiana under four and a half wins better. Um, but listen, in the remaining nine games, there is still a real chance they only win one. Uh, like like legitimately, they yeah. play in the Big Ten East. I don't think they're crossover games. They already got to play Illinois. Like I don't think they're very kind to them. I don't think they win the Oaken Bucket. I think that's a pretty win. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. So we'll see. Uh, TBZ on Indiana. Uh, we this go against one, home field magic and we balance it out. Yes, there, there you go. This one's kind of a fun SEC game to me. Uh, SEC speaking West of, game. Speaking of Arkansas. Speaking of Arkansas, they're uh, traveling out to the oil fields of Texas A&M. <laughs> a, Texas A&M favored by one and a half points, close to a pick em. I'm going to take the Hogs. Give me the Hogs. Listen, Texas A&M, I picked you last week. That was not an endorsement of you. That was an indictment of Josh Gaddis. By the way, I'm right. (laughs) Fuck that guy. And Arkansas is going to take it to you on your own field, and you're going to be two and two. So enjoy that, Texas A&M. Can someone explain this line to me? I honestly do not get this. Texas A&M. Texas A&M has a lot of talent. Weird week one. They have a delayed game, but really they don't blowout Sam Houston the offense doesn't look great lose to App State in week two where a G5 comes in and controls the game with 41 minutes time of possession and just whips your ass the entire night and then you play Miami who 
if they don't have Josh Gaddis and Mario Cristobal making in-game decisions, because I love Mario on the recruiting trail, but in-game he is not great. Probably should have beat you too. Uh, and you win a 17 to nine, just ugly ass game where you've now gone to your second quarterback of the season who proceeds to go 10 for 20, 140 yards. And, and Arkansas you don't have a hundred yard rushing. And Arkansas is a top 10 team. Arkansas, yeah. as we discussed, has beat Cincinnati. They did have a scare where uh, Bobby Petrino almost pulled off one of the funniest stories of coming in with Missouri State and beating Arkansas. But like this Arkansas team will go to Texas A&M and I think hang at least 30 points. And I cannot see Texas A&M ratching to 30 points. No. So give me Arkansas. And, and I, I mean, I'm going to take them straight up, but I don't. This line really confuses me. Like, I'm Bill C has not put his numbers out. I'm kind of curious to see what SP Plus says. I mean, it's always going to be close to Vegas, but I want to see this is one of those like three or four point gaps because I just don't, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. Also, Brendan, sneaky. They play Alabama next week. Arkansas does. So maybe they're thinking Arkansas is looking ahead to Alabama, but like they're in the SEC. They've got to just say hi, right? Like, man, if that game, I don't know, is, is that game in uh, Fayetteville or Tuscaloosa? Because uh, if it's in Fayetteville, if that one's at, in Fayetteville, oh, at, and man. it's going to be the CBS 330. So that's going to be rowdy. We need Arkansas there. to win. And I'm kind of an Alabama doubter now. So. I want Arkansas to win this so that we can set up a 4-0 Arkansas hosting Alabama next week, 3.30 game SEC, CBS game. That rules. Amazing. That's going to be Give a, us, The universe owes us one. Let's, let's get Arkansas and Sam Pittman just rubbing it all over Jimbo Fisher this week. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> oh, man. Stanky ass. This game. Oh, speaking of stanky ass. Uh, Iowa is going to Rutgers this week, <laughs> and uh, man, I don't know. The line here is Iowa minus seven and a half, and I don't know if they're if that total is gonna hit. <laughs> like Iowa, Christ, Iowa under thirty nine and a half against Nevada last week, comfortably hit in a twenty seven nothing win. Yeah, dude. Again, finish at 3 a.m. Eastern. Very weird care. game. But. Rutgers isn't bad. Three and oh, wait, three and oh, Rutgers. I, I'm. I don't know about this game straight up. I think this one's gonna be such a rock fight. Yeah. I, I, I could see this game ending like, like ten seven, ten like something stupid, uh, dumb. The offense is gonna be atrocious in this one. Um, I'm taking Rutgers. I think this is a closer game than. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Iowa to win the game. I think Iowa wins on the money line. Rutgers is 3-0. and Throw out the FCS game. They have a one-point win over Boston College week one uh, and a two-point win over Temple last week. Not the, the greatest-looking thing, but here's their point totals in those two games, 22-21, 16-14 in those two wins. I just don't see them having a blowout to Iowa. Like, Iowa beating them by eight-plus points just doesn't seem likely to me. I see Iowa winning in the three to five range. Yeah. Um, definitely winning, but I think Rutgers hangs around. I mean, again, Rutgers has shown a pulse on defense to where do I think Iowa is scoring more than 21 points? No. And I think Rutgers can hang with at least a couple scores. So we're looking at covering the seven and a half. Yeah. I'll take Rutgers there, but stay away from this. Do not use this as a sneaky, oh, I can get some good money on the uh, the upset here. No, no, they're probably gonna lose, but it's um let me let me look up the total for this real quick because I think it's gonna be funny. I'm gonna say while you look it up, I want to see like you know, work on my my ability to do this as a job a little bit. I'm gonna say you're looking at a, a point total of 44 and a half. If I can find the game. Uh I think it's a it's a night kick, I want to say it is a, it is a night kick. A 7 p.m. <laughs> kick. What did you say? 44 and a half. Uh, 34 is the over under. I'm bad this at this. Game. You can make so much money off me, Brendan. Dude, okay. that's so unbelievable. The total is 34. How do we get to Iowa winning by seven and a half? Like, that is. Uh, they're going to have to practically shut out Rutgers, and I just don't see it happen. So give me, yeah. give me the Scarlet Knights. 
Yeah, it, it's uh, 34. It'd be about 21 wow. to 21 to 14, 20 to 13 is about where you're looking at. So yeah, it's wow. uh, man, I gotta tell you that Rutgers line is enticing to me. I don't know. And it might also just be like, this would feel classic Michigan for like the week before Iowa's big home game against us. Like they get completely deflated by losing to <laughs> Rutgers. Um, Cause like Washington did that to us last year where that was supposed to be a huge game. Then they lost to Montana I, or something. I think Iowa is enough to deflate that game on their own so far, to be fair. It could get worse, man. <laughs> it always oh, could get worse. Yeah. Speaking of that. Uh, I only included this so we can laugh about one and two Northwestern with that only win coming against Scott Frost's Nebraska. Uh, they're playing Miami of Ohio at home and they're a seven point favorite and uh, Miami of Ohio is not like a spectacular group of five team. Like I, they haven't done anything this year. I'm still taking them to cover this because I think Northwestern's that bad. I mean, lost it by 24 to Kentucky, uh, was in that game with Cincinnati before they fade and lose by 21. I, yeah, I'm taking Miami, Ohio out of sheer. I will always ride with Chuck Martin. I always make a couple bets on Miami every year because I'm in love with Chuck Martin. Um, I let it blind me to anything about Miami of Ohio. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to continue to do that. Funny night game, this one. Night game, God, yeah. The big being a Northwestern fan and waiting all day to watch your right. team shit a brick think, against Miami, Ohio. Think of the Big Ten Network night slate. We have Miami and Northwestern and Rutgers, Iowa. You, those have to both. Or is Rutgers, Iowa? Is that going to be the FS1? FS1, game? I guarantee it. Let me check. Holy shit, man! Uh, but if not, this is like the be best. ESPN too. Oh God! Please be. Please be both on BTN. I want there to be one of these kids no. with BTN alternate. No, game. Uh, the the Northwestern one is BTN or FAU Purdue, another classic night game. Uh, BTN. Uh, yeah, Iowa Rutgers getting the FS1 treatment. Oh, that's Jesus beautiful. Christ. Oh, that's beautiful. Man, I tell you what, Maryland, Michigan on Big Noon Saturday seems ridiculous as well, but you know. But compared to the some of the games we've talked about, it oh sense. yeah, absolutely. So, my God, um, so kind of sneaky, sneaky because Minnesota being pretty legit. Michigan State, Minnesota could have been a, a a contender for that. Not big noon, but just that noon. I mean, yeah, big noon is ridiculous. Okay, that's just ridiculous. No, big <laughs> noon should have been Texas, Texas Tech. They need the Big Twelve. That should have been the big noon game. Yeah, I see. I. <laughs> you talked yourself into it after telling me it was fine. Uh, man. So now the uh, best game, I guess I put in quotes of the night slate for Big Ten Don't football. That. Um, I, I already, I hate you for saying that. Well, oh, you said for Big Ten football. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just because it's two big brands. Like, I don't know how good Wisconsin is, but they're playing yeah. at Ohio State. Ohio State's an 18 and a half point favorite. That's a big number. And I took them to cover that earlier this year against Notre Dame. I don't think Wisconsin's any worse than Notre Dame. Ohio State's offense has looked better. But, you know, I can at least feel like I can count on Paul Chris to come at them with a, some cool defense stuff. I think they lose this game handily, but I still think they cover. Wisconsin, that is. Sorry. Yeah, I'm just not a believer in this Wisconsin team, man. I and I know you're just not saying that they're going to win. You're just saying they're going to cover. But like, I don't know, man. I mean, fuck it, they'll win. Ohio State beat them 34 21 in 2019. 38-7, also in 2019, the two times they played them. That was the year they played twice. Uh, Paul Christ was the coach of that. That's the only time that Paul Christ, I believe, I mean, when he played Urban Meyer, he was close. But I I don't see these teams as that close. I, I think Ohio State's just going to – Ohio State already said they're wearing the black jerseys. This feels like the game – like the Notre Dame game was the one. Like I feel like Ohio State has always this like similar run where – the first week they win, but they're kind of like, nah, like, oh, they barely beat TCU, or eh, they didn't really blow out Notre Dame. This team trying not as good as we think. They're not really going to challenge the SEC. And then like week four or five, they play some like Big Ten team who most people think is kind of good, and they win by like 41. And then everyone's like, oh, Ohio State is clearly in the playoff. 
and wow. they lose to Michigan. And I fucking just want to unalive myself because it's terrible online. And uh, yeah, I'm really spinning out of control, Brendan. That's, yeah. Hey, man. But no, that's okay. No, that's what Chris makes me do. I love. He had the greatest viral video this week of him saying that they wouldn't make a movie about him when the Big Ten Network tried to just ask people. No, I coach saw that. Yeah. Who would make a movie? He said, well, he wouldn't make a movie about him. They, they're right. And, and they're not going to make a movie about this game because there's no miracle coming. Ohio State by like 24, easily. I feel like, 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 I fe